welcome to the Runners Roundtable podcast. Season four is conversations with runners, and each episode features a conversation with an inspiring female runner who is making the running community better in her own way. In this episode, I'm talking to two inspiring female runners, Kelsey Long and Rebecca Bauman. We talk about their team, Dirtbags Run, and the importance of creating space for BIPOC runners to feel seen, safe, and empowered on the run. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Welcome everyone to another episode of Runner's Roundtable. Season four is featuring conversations with inspiring female runners. And today I'm joined by Kelsey Long and Rebecca Bowman. And I'm really excited to speak to the two of you. One, because the connector is coach Becky Croft, and she is such an incredible human who connects me to other incredible humans. So the minute she tells me, Steph, you need to look at this or check out this person, I immediately shift my gaze to her and wherever she's telling me to look. So I just want to shout her out there for making this connection between all of us. And I'm going to start first with the question of just how both of you got into running individually and at what point did your paths cross to where you are today? Whoever wants to take it can go. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so this is Kelsey. Uh, My pronouns are she, her. And um, I got into running because of my dog. Um, I hated running. I did it as a a kid with sports and and whatnot. And I played soccer, but getting out for a run was not my thing. Um, but I had a dog that I loved very much and she was being destructive. She needed her energy to be let out. And, um, so we went for walks, but then it just, it took too much time. (laughs) So I was impatient. So we just started running and that's how it started for me. Um, just taking my dog for a walk for a quick run. Then I was like, okay, I kind of like this. This is okay. Not bad. Um, then I started entering, you know, local five Ks and I was like, okay, I can do this. And it just, it grew from there. And I remember, I decided I wanted to get serious about it. I wanted to do distance. So I hired a run coach and I told him, I'm going to do an ultra marathon. And he laughed at me and I soon fired him. But that has been my goal for the longest time is to do an ultra marathon. And it was just so daunting for me to because I I didn't know anyone who did it. So it was something I would be doing entirely on my own. Um, until I met Rebecca (laughs) and she kind of helped me get there. Hi, hi, my name is Rebecca. My pronouns are she, her, and my story is a little similar to Kelsey's. I actually was laid off from my job and I lost my dog in the same week, which is a lot, right? And so I was like, well, I can't afford to go to the gym anymore. And I'm also moving through this grief I hate running, but it's my option right now. So I started running and long story short, I actually ended up leaving Texas. I bought a van. I lived out of it for several years. And early in that journey, I found Kelsey through Dirtbag Runners. And then we met in Utah for the first time in 2021 And we both had these same dreams and visions. I had just finished my first 50K ultra thinking I will never go beyond that distance. And then November, 2022, Kelsey and I run our first 100K together with a team that we founded that is now a nonprofit. And so it's been just incredible to be on this journey with her. I cannot imagine I was running alone for so long and now we're running together. We're running with a team. Um, and it, it still blows my mind sometimes. I'm, you know, when we, her and I have our training runs our training weekends, it, you know, even just like 15 miles sounds absurd to me, but then we'll go out and we'll run bigger distances and, 
and doing it together is, it just makes it that much more special. So both of you came to running later in life and not really because you're like, oh, I love this experience. Kelsey, you're the first person who's ever told me I started running because of my dog. (laughs) I absolutely love. And I'm curious though, what was it about ultra, the ultra community or the ultra running aspect of it that drew you to it? Because I myself started running with a couch to 5k program. And then I joined a run club and half marathons. And I thought I was good with half marathons. I only did a marathon because I entered the Chicago marathon lottery and got selected. And I've since done marathons, but I, for the longest time thought, I don't want to drive 26.2 miles. Why would I want to run that? So I'm curious how both of you were like, that's the goal I want. And what did you know about those ultra distances before you even started? So as a baby runner, I really liked being able to go out and um, see amazing things using your own two feet. Um, That was, that was what drew me to it. Um, And as I uh, matured as a runner, I found other things things to run for. I got connected with uh, Jordan Daniel Whetstone uh, of Rising Hearts and what the way she uses uh, her running platform to bring awareness to issues that affect Indigenous people. That really inspired me. So, um, and then like, like Rebecca said, we met through Dirtbag Runners, which is a worldwide community of people who like to be outdoors. Um, but we also recognize that not a whole lot of people look like us um, in that community. And so um, that was one of the reasons we started Dirtbags Run was because we wanted to see more people like us out there on the trails. Um, so you know, being inspired by Jordan to uh, create this team with Rebecca and and really try to um, bring, uh, have a, a more diverse community for the outdoors. I think that, that was, um, that that's why I continue to, to be out there. And it's just, it's a great place. Like, I love being outside. I love, you know, pushing myself and, um, when I was doing the 100K, I had a uh, pacer, one of our other teammates, Ayako, and just like being so laser focused to get to the finish line um, and, and cursing a whole lot. But like that's part of the experience is just like is doing the hard thing because I don't know, it, it, it makes my soul happy. How about you, Rebecca, with the, the ultra distances? Yeah, I had no idea. I think when I ran my first 25K, which was also my first half marathon, I trained for it like crazy. I didn't know there was anything beyond a marathon. Um, but something that I I love to share is, you know, like echoing what Kelsey said, I, you know, we grew up and my family, our community, we didn't go run on trails. We didn't rock climb we didn't do these sports that are so fulfilling and incredible, but I like to say that I'm actually the second ultra distance mover in our family. My great, great, great grandmother came from Mexico alone with her five children to Texas. She traveled hundreds of miles on foot. And that's something I really carry with me to today because I have the privilege and joy of running out on a trail. She did it because she had to. And that's so incredible and inspiring to me. And then Kelsey came along and showed me, hey, you can use running for activism. You can use running for social justice work. And it just opened up this world for me that I was oblivious to. And now it's just, it's such a joy and honor to engage in the things that we care about and in organizations that we believe in, that we know are needed here, like Rising Hearts. And we can use movement for both joy and purpose. And yeah, I just, 
it's, it's been such a gift. Um, I give Kelsey credit for literally everything that has come into my life. I love what you shared and I'm going to kind of throw, go a little bit deeper with that. And both of you, how does running connect to either honoring or healing your lineage? I, I mean, indigenous runners have been around forever and I, it's, it's, it's in my blood. (laughs) I, I, I don't think, um, yeah, I, growing up, I didn't, we, I knew about athletes in my family, um, but it never really, uh, they, you know, after school, they did not continue to pursue sports because it wasn't available to them. But um, it's always been in our blood. Um, Navajo, I'm Navajo. And um, there is the Navajo Long Walk, um, the relocation of the Navajo people by the government. And uh, that was one thing that I I think about when I, I'm doing a hard training run, um, you know, this is, this is something that my family has, um, you know, they, they survived and, and have done so many great things for me to be here. And, um, you know, this distance is not going to conquer me, um, because, I have them with me. I think it really helps us to stay connected to these stolen lands that every single one of us recreate on. I myself am not Native American, but my mother's side, um, come, they're indigenous to Ecuador, Colombia, and Mexico. And growing up, she always taught me here in America to honor the Native Americans that lived here, the lands that we lived on. And it's such a beautiful way to explore that connection. Like Kelsey said, we have a choice. We stay out for 12, 13, 14 hours on these trails because we have the privilege and accessibility to. And I think it also helps us heal our generational trauma. It's something I think a lot about when I, 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 so I'm also biracial, my father's white. And I think a lot about, you know, what makes me Mexican? What makes me a Hispanic woman? It's not the trauma that we come from. Violence trauma is not a part of our heritage. It's a product of, you know, the systems in place, unfortunately. And so I also like to celebrate and honor what makes us who we are. I like to also move away from the violence of our past and celebrate just the incredible community that we have. And I think sometimes that's really important to remember too, is move with purpose and intention and heal, but don't forget to also celebrate because we have so much to celebrate and give and I think being out on the trails also reminds me of that. So not the flip of the question, but just more roots from that question. Being the first or second in your lineage to be able to engage with the outdoors in the way that both of you are doing, how are you paving it forward for the generations to come? And I I have a feeling that's going to kind of tie into dirt bags run but in general how does how do you pave it forward right I love the the idea that each of us is healing seven generations in the past to set up the seven generations in the future where do you see yourselves today in the story that those you know one two three four five six seven generations in the future are going to say about you Well, I don't have kids of my own, but I have a niece and two nephews. And part of the work that I do is for them, if not all for them, because my niece is incredible. Like I, 
am constantly blown away by the her. She's just a great little personality, and I can see so much promise in her future. And um, I would hate for um, anything to to deter her from her dreams or or to make her feel like she is not able to to do something because of the color of her skin. Yeah. I also do not have children, but I imagine that 10, 20 years from now, I start to show up to start lines still with Kelsey or watch or listen uh, to big races like Western States. And there are predominantly people of color. That's what I want to see. That's what I hope to see. I think we can get there. And that really is something that motivates me. My mom too, I I have to give her a lot of credit because she used to trail or she still does, but she started trail running and she didn't know that trail running was a sport or a thing. I think it just goes back to it being in her blood as well. And she always tells me that watching what our team is doing, it's, you know, I think it's just not only important to folks younger than us, but people like her who also didn't have that to look to, you know, when they were growing up. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting that both of you are like, I'm not mother, I'm not a mother. And and I, I point that out because that what you're creating is, is you're still birthing something, right? You're still, I'm sure both of you have put in a ton of work in creating the group and the team and fostering that, that community. So even though you don't have biological children, there's still things that you're birthing into the community that do ripple beyond you. I often say that we're all one connection away from falling in love with this sport. And what I'm hearing you both say is that you're both the spark for people, right? Even if it's your own mother. And I think there is a birthing, mothering energy with that of who are you ushering and bringing into the sport and helping them discover that there is more to find out about themselves. I find that, and this will be a question too that I have for you all, we talk about often, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, that running these bigger distances, particularly marathon, and I'm going to assume, which is why I'm asking this question, you're changed at the end of it. You cross that finish line and you are a different person. That version of you that started is totally, totally different. So I'm curious has that been your experience? And if so, what has been the biggest transformation you've seen within yourself? Um, so I have trained with Coach Croft for a couple years now. Um, she helped me with my, well, how, how many am I on now? I think my fourth and fifth marathons and then the ultra marathon. So on my fourth, marathon I just didn't have a great cycle I don't think I was really my heart was really in in it until I got to that start line and then um I was nervous and I was like well maybe I'll just drop to the half you know it'll it'll be fine and I'm texting her along the way oh and that was also the one where I fell flat on my face at mile three so (laughs) that was fun um so I'm texting her throughout throughout, and I get to the split where I have to make the decision if I'm going to do a half or a full and I text her nice and I said something along the lines of, okay, I've made my decision. I'm going to go for it. And I go for the full and it takes me forever to finish just because, like I said, I wasn't too very um, strict with my, or, you know, I didn't stay on my training plan and, um, it was just harder. So uh, I finished it and there she was at the end um, to to cheer me on and got emotional with that. Um, and then uh, 
she helped me through the ultra marathon in November. And then the, the last one I did in, in, in April. And after each one, it, I do feel that transformation because it's, I don't know, it's, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've done five marathons so far. And after each one is just this, this, I guess, I newfound confidence or just like, wow, I can do this because while you're go while you you're in that race and you you kind of hit the wall it's just like I can't do this I can't do this but you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and then you finally cross that finish line and there's that grand realization it's like oh yeah I am this strong yeah I think for me or not that I think I know the very very biggest thing that happened and still happens is one of my favorite quotes says, um, I didn't come this far just to come this far. And last summer, Kelsey printed out stickers for our whole team. And it said, we did not come this far just to come this far. And I looked at it and I thought, huh, we, we is not something I am accustomed to. I don't, I didn't know how to lean on people or ask for help. Mm. And that was something that was going to be very detrimental in my life. And I was going to, unfortunately, like many people learn the hard way, hit low points that I didn't think I would make it through or trauma. I didn't think I could get past and the, and Kelsey and our team and the trail running community taught me, not only are you not alone, but you don't have to do it alone. And it's really, really scary to trust and lean on people. But when you do, the amount of healing that happens is it's, it's nothing that you could have done otherwise. And it's such a gift to yourself and others. And it's something I still am learning, but how far I've come because of this community and trail running is huge. And so now I'm like, okay, we, we did not come this far just to come this far. <laughs> I love that sentiment. And that's something that applies outside of running. <laughs> for those of who, for those of you who know me, I'm go, I've been going through housing issues for the past three years and the phase where we are right now, it feels like mile 25 of a marathon. And on the daily, I tell myself, I didn't come this far to only make it this far. Like I can keep moving forward. So I love that you brought that up because I feel like it's just synchronistic for me to hear from someone else's mouth that running is, is a metaphor for life and running truly does teach us how to cope with life off the run. So we've talked about the team, but now I want to know like specifically about the team, how did it come together? What what have you all been up to since since it came together? And then it's a, so tell me about the team. What have you all been up to? And then what are you all working on looking forward? Yeah, so <clears throat> we uh I mean it all started with just an idea. I will no, it was a dream before it was an idea. Um, just something, and and I told Rebecca about it. And then we had a conversation with other runners. And then we're like, okay, let's do this. And so we started thinking, how can we make this happen? So uh, that we started early 2022. Two? Or, yeah, two. twenty one. Well, it was the end of 21. And then we actually started making, um, you know, doing things in early 2022. And the team came together, we put out a call for applications and learned about so many amazing people out there. Um, we selected a team of 20 total, 21. Um, there, And we have uh, a core team, which is uh, Rebecca and I plus three other people and um, so that was that's who is doing kind of the decision making for the team um, 
so yeah, we, we have our runners and now we're looking for an event and we find the Active Joe uh, running company in North Texas uh, and they have the Dinosaur Valley Endurance Run. And just everything about that race company and their race director, it was absolutely amazing. Just an amazing human who um, really wants to change trail running. So we connected with her and she worked with us. And so what we offer the team is um, we, the team will pay for registration for travel, lodging, food. Um, and I think, I think those, those four things uh, so that we remove financial barriers for the runners so they can attend this event. So that's what we promised them. And then we started looking for sponsors so that we could deliver. And, um, you know, we had an amazing first year at Dino Valley. Uh, we had, I think, nine people finish the 100K distance. Wow. Um, and I think more than half finished an ultra marathon that weekend. Um, and we have other runners who prefer the shorter distances and they're still welcome on our team. It's we we don't require everyone on the team to be an ultra runner or want to be an ultra runner. We just want you to find joy on the trail, to find that community. So that is what we kind of what the team does um, and what we've done. Yeah, we, you know, I love to share. So our mission statement is Dirtbags Run. We are a team of Black, Indigenous, and people of color trail runners seeking to expand our presence in the sport while honoring Indigenous lands and amplifying diversity at races and beyond. So when we go to partner with these races, we want, they have to be aligned. Libby was star. We love her so much. She, you know, we like to include the Rising Hearts land acknowledgement, or at least have the race make an intentional connect or bring in, you know, ways that we can honor these lands that we are on that we want to make sure that they have at least some sort of DEI plan in place or that they're trying. Maybe we are their first step. That's okay. You know, everyone has to start somewhere as long as they're open and kind and willing to hear from us and partner with us. We're, you know, game for it. We only choose races that also have non-binary categories. We have non-binary teammates. That's really important to us too. We, you know, we, we became a nonprofit this year, which was huge. We picked up another sponsor. Our sponsors are Tailwind and Arcteryx. And that was really amazing that such big brands were going to give us a chance. We're new, you know, but we're not new to the sport and our impact is, is growing. We're in talks right now with a shoe company whose name I can't share yet, but they have really struggled on the equity and diversity and inclusivity initiatives, and they're willing to hear from us, which is great. And this was after I, you know, had to make, have some tough conversations with them thinking they would just say, see you later. We have no interest. The social was pretty atrocious. And they were like, okay, yes, here's a seat for you and your team let's talk about this. And I think just even that happening, I'm not sure where it will go. We hope for the best. We're, you know, giving them a chance, but the fact that we are even able to have these conversations, I think has been really huge and it's not easy. It's, I will say like for anyone out there, it is scary. You know, I think Kelsey and I, we get nervous all of the time and I think that's part of having each other and the team and running too is moving through that anxiety. You know, we're, at least for me, I'm not a leader because I'm an expert by any means. If anything, I am constantly learning from my team, but I can be a leader because I have 
you know, I, my privilege allows me to have a voice and reach out and, and fight for the things that I believe me changing. So what do you say to race directors, to companies that will say you are, this is a, and I'm putting quotation marks around this, a big ask to do land acknowledgements and have DEI. What do you say to those people? Because it's, I feel like the pandemic was was very eye-opening for a lot of organizations and a lot of people made a lot of promises. <laughs> and on social media or in newsletters, it looked really great. And there was hope, hope of the potential of things changing and then things have just kind of died out. So for people who are listening to this race, listening to this race, but listening to this podcast and hearing you and they're like, no, we can't do that. Like I think of something what you said, like an, a land acknowledgement. I'm already picturing people getting all ruffled like feathers and worked up over something like that. What do you say to them? I think that one, the, I, I think first and foremost, at least one person in the company needs to care, needs to have empathy. So I would say, it, it has to come from some internal genuine desire to change or else it's going to be very performative or you're going to create a scenario that furthers what we're trying to, you know, fix as in it's still going to make it feel like an unwelcoming space. So I think at some point, someone in the company has to have this genuine desire, even if they know nothing, even if they are in the baby stages. And once they have that, for me, I honestly believe there's just no excuses. It's not hard. <laughs> there are more people of color in this country than not. And there are plenty of people to amplify, to hear their stories. So I think that as long as just someone's open and willing to listen, the rest of it is actually fairly simple. But I don't know. I guess that's, that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to kind of pull us back because we've talked about race directors, but now I want to know more about the runner experience in terms of what you two have experienced at these races. And it's a two-part question of what is the state of it? Like, what was the state of it that you all sought to change and what makes a space unwelcoming at these races? Yeah, let's, well, um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I have, with my running, I am kind of the only person um, who in my area, in my group of friends who does this. So I'm always out there on my own. And it's just something that I've gotten used to uh, being the only person or, you know, going into a space where I don't know anyone, which is really hard because um, I live in Oklahoma and um, I run in Texas a lot. And I had an experience where uh, the race director made a statement about transgender non-binary uh be welcome at their races, um, created a new category, you know, did, did some really good stuff for the community. Uh, and the backlash for that was one of the runners throwing flags that talked about a former president on the course. So to basically say, you know, you're not welcome here. I am not transgender or non-binary but it still affected me because that president doesn't like people who look like me or former president. And that was another runner, right? Cause I, sorry, yes. I mean, interrupt you. Yes. I've done some races where it's not runners, but it'll be spectators out with like signs or flags. And I'm like, come on y'all. Like, like, let us just be happy and run. So, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it it was a runner because this was a trail race. You know, it's, you know, it's only on the course where 
there aren't spectators aren't allowed. So I can't imagine a spectator went out there and, and did that. It was just a runner who decided to, to throw them away and uh, throw them down on the ground. And so I, I, what made me the most upset was I'm a back of the packer and those were still on the ground when I came around. Why the F didn't anyone else pick those up? Was no one else bothered by it? If so, there's another problem we have with the community. But that was really frustrating um, to be the person who had to pick those up. Um, another incident I had was a race, uh, this race that uh, the, a sponsor gave me a comp entry to. I was excited. Um, and I, I'm, I'm little and I carry my weight around the middle. So I, and, and I have dark skin. <laughs> so it was just kind of hard. Uh, I don't look like everyone else. And so this was a big race and I, I'm, I'm going up a mountain, you know, huffing and puffing. And I see a photographer and I'm just like, okay, I get to, you know, they're going to take my picture. I smile real big. And like, I'm, this is nothing. And they put their camera down. And that keeps happening every time I come across a photographer. So, you know, those are the kinds of issues that we have had to deal with, or, or I mean, I did, but I assume it's other people of color have these same issues um, because I can't, I can't imagine I'm the only person out there who, who has to deal with this. That is so angering. And I just want to thank you for sharing that. Um, something I've shared, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, but definitely in conversations I have with, with my friends and I live in Miami, Florida. And in Miami, Florida, I'm the majority here. Like I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a Spanish speaking Latin woman. I, I mean, you can see it. My last name is Diaz. Like that's the majority here. And that is something that when I go to races here, like I hear what you're saying and I'm like, oh, I've never experienced that at a race in Miami because everyone does look like me. Everyone is very similar to me. And I can't remember. I don't remember if it was a podcast or with someone else where I was telling them, I'm like, it was with a friend. Never mind. It was with a friend. It was a friendship podcast, which is what I call really long voice notes. <laughs> and I was telling her and I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I don't, I live in Miami, so I'm part of the majority, but all it takes is for me to go one county over in either direction to realize that I'm a minority. And it's really, really jarring because all of a sudden the sense of safety that I had here where I feel like I move about very freely, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I'm I'm not as free. Like I need to be a little more careful with my words, my attitude. Like there's, there's, you know, that code switching of like, okay, let me just, you know, try to tame again. I'm a Latin woman. I can be very chill, but I can also be very fiery and very temperamental. <laughs> and there is those moments of like, okay, wait a minute. I, I, I need to check myself because this isn't the place for that. So I just want to thank you for sharing that because it's not a normal part of my experience as someone who runs and races predominantly in Miami, but that doesn't mean it's something I should be blind to either. So I just, I just wanted to thank you for sharing that because it's very easy for us to get caught up in whatever our microcosm is and to think that we have no responsibility for anyone else. And it's not, it's, I'm just trying to think of the photographer just like what the hell man like sorry like I, I want to say the f word but I won't but it's still <laughs> one of those things where it's like this is very much your experience too what makes your experience any less than anyone else's and who are you that person in that moment they're acting as a gatekeeper for the sport so it's just so frustrating and it's so angering. And I am just so incredibly disappointed that you had that experience because I'm such an advocate. And when I hear stories like that, like 
I would always tell people, you want to get into running, go to a race. And the more I have conversations with people, I've had someone in a previous episode, she told me that she's a back of the pack runner and she's had races where they're starting to break down the finish area. And I'm like, well, never again am I going to tell people to sign up for a race because I don't want that to be their experience. Instead, my recommendation is going to be go find a run group. And if you don't find, like if it doesn't gel the first time around, keep looking. Your people are out there. Keep looking. So I just, sorry, I had to share just a bunch of different ideas because it really just really, really freaking pisses me off that this person who probably doesn't even understand the accomplishment that you're experiencing, like the work that you're doing is someone that, that put themselves in a position to judge. So sorry. Okay. Done. Yeah. It's, it's so wild, you know, cause I grew up in Texas and I get confused all the time. Sometimes people think I am a woman of color. Sometimes they think I'm a white woman. And even with that, I've had just experiences that blow my mind. You know, I had a guy on a trail tell me that this was a white utopia. He clearly was not pleased that a small brown girl was out on his trail, you know, and I've had, I really think that it's, it's, you know, there's so much white men in this sport who want to keep it that way. And I think the sport was created by white people for white people. But like we already talked about, this is a part of who we are, you know, indigenous folks were ultra runners long before this sport was started (laughs) by white people. And it's, I have the privilege, you know, like I said, I have a white father who I am very close with, but when I show up to a race, that's primarily white folks. I don't feel comfortable. I don't know how the conversations are going to go. I don't know if folks are going to be friendly. I get asked a lot. I, I love running up mountains. I love running ridgelines and I get asked a lot if I'm lost and I'm like, do I look lost? Because I, I'm very at home and I'm very smart. When I go out alone, somebody always knows where I am. I also know what I'm doing. I am very proud of my accomplishments and it's funny, the assumptions that are made because I'm female, because I'm a woman of color. Um, I will say though, I just did a self-supported run around Mount Hood last month with a good friend of mine. We did 42 miles in 13 hours with like over 10,000 feet of gain. And that I, that I have to give credit to these folks because that was the first time we encountered so many through hikers. They were all white and all of them stopped and cheered us on and were just like blown away. They were like, and that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never had this experience. Not a single person wasn't just so impressed and like cheering for us. And I just thought, wow, if this is just, can you imagine if this is just how it could be for people like us all of the time? Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, Okay. The question I have now is, because I'm trying to follow a thought, but I need the answer to this question first. How is the trail running community different from the road running community? I know that's like a big question, but it's like, I am trying to create a picture so that people can understand like, what is it that we're talking about and where, like, how are these differences amplified between the two, right? Because I'm thinking of like, you know, we can go, we can go as far as a marathon, right? Like your, your road marathon may have thousands of runners, whereas a trail marathon is what maybe hundreds of runners. I don't, you know, I'm, I, again, I am concrete jungle, Miami, Florida, 
So I do a lot of road racing. So my familiarity with trail running is very small. So I'm curious for you, from the, for the two of you in the community, how, I guess it's just that, can you paint the picture for how the two communities are different? Well, for me, I really saw that the uh, road and trail communities were different when, um, you know, I started on roads uh, a couple years ago and I kind of had this idea of when you run, you run the entire time. Um, there's no walking, there's no stopping. It's you just continue to go. And there's and there's also this uh, like sort of competitiveness. And um, when oh, what, during the pandemic, I, I gained 30 pounds and that's still hanging around. <laughs> um, and I really thought that was going to be a hindrance and be one of the reasons why I can't do distance anymore. You know, I'm just I'm too big. But that is not an excuse anymore. I've I've done so much at this weight with this body. So um but feeling a little more and, and then moving to the trail community, feeling a little more comfortable with my body um on the trails because there I don't feel that sort of competitiveness. I don't feel like I need to run every moment during the race. And um I I love trail races because you know you can just hang out at an aid station for a bit. Um, depending on cutoff. <laughs> you can just hang at the aid station and eat snacks and they have really good <laughs> snacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Rebecca. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I agree. I dine at aid stations. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that, again, here, at least here in Miami, there, and if you all have resources for me, I will welcome them with a very grateful heart. Because here in Miami, there really isn't, I can't think of anyone who runs trails here. Uh, I think maybe even the closest trail to me is maybe a 45 minute drive away. So it's the accessibility piece of trails just isn't there for me. Like it's a lot easier to just go outside. And if I want to run trail, I'm just going to run on grass, right? Like, like find the grass around the neighborhoods and kind of do that. So thank you for answering that because that's something that, again, my experience with road racing it seems like it's a totally different crowd. And when I talk to people who either, you know, coach trail runners or who are trail runners themselves, they say something, they said something that you mentioned, Kelsey, they're like, we can just hike and it's fun and it's still trail running and we can take our time. We can eat our you know, boiled salted potatoes and things like that. Like those are the things that I hear from them. So thank you for answering that. I'm going to ask a question. And again, these are questions that just enlighten me and thank you in advance for your patience in answering it. So dirt bags, what does that mean within the running community? Because when I initially hear dirt bags, I'm like, oh, that's a jerk. Like that's someone that's mean. But I think within the trail running community, it's got a totally different meaning. So can you tell me what dirt bags means to you? And then also just the importance of language when it comes to running? Yeah, I I remember when I uh, started uh, with Dirtbag Runners and, you know, I got the gear and, and all the stuff and uh, a coworker saw me and they're like, and I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a dirtbag. And they're like, what? <laughs> oh my goodness. No, you're not. You're such a great person. No, that's not what I mean. So, um, Dirtbags is a, a person who likes to be outside outdoors and just doesn't mind getting dirty. I think that's as simply as you can make it. That's that's what a dirt bag is. Um, and that's kind of how I think of our team. Uh, you know, being on trails, you do have to be have some level of comfortability uh, getting dirty. Um, and and falling and you know just continuing on because you're gonna be covered especially in the summer you're gonna be covered with sweat sunscreen 
bugs, you know, it's, it's not pretty. It's not as polished as road running. Yeah, I, so for me, dirt bag came from, so I am a rock climber. I love climbing more than running, to be honest. <laughs> um, and dirt bag is a term that is widely used amongst the climbing community. You're a dirt bag, you're sleeping out at what they call the crag, where the routes are or the boulders, and you're climbing and you're maybe only can afford PB and J's and you don't have a job, but you're climbing really hard, you're a dirt bag. And again, climbing, I think maybe at times even more so than trail running is such a painfully white space, truly created by white people for white people. And I have had the honor to be a bit disruptive in this space. I opened and ran a climbing gym in Salt Lake City. And for me, taking that term was empowering. It was me saying, despite my gender, despite how I look, that I too can be strong and brave and roll up to a trail and sleep in the dirt with Kelsey, run hard. Maybe we don't shower for a few days. I still eat a lot of PB&Js because I work for myself and a nonprofit. I don't make a lot of money, but I I feel very rich. And again, that's also very much a sign of my privilege, right? That I have been able to have those experiences and do so in a safe way. But it is also a term that a lot of my community, like Kelsey said, were like, why are you calling yourself this? This is terrible. But I think for her and I, it's it's something that we we feel empowered by. And we feel like, you know, maybe sometimes we we do really embrace our feminine side. We like to dress up. But I think more than that, we just like to get dirty and be free, you know. Yeah, I love that. Um, because language defines, right? Like language defines us. Words have the power to uplift us. They have the power to destroy us. But words are also just something we create. We add the meaning to it. And both of you are reclaiming that word, which I think is very beautiful. And one thing that I, I try to make sure to do uh, when I talk about the team is I I use a capital D, a big, mm. you know, cap, big dirt bags um, because to, to make it a, a proper noun rather than uh, an adjective. And I, I do too want to, you know, honor, we do actually have a lot of community folks who really don't like the name and I can totally understand and respect that. And it's been something that I think has been very hard for Kelsey and I to let go, but knowing that this is really their team, this is, we're here to serve this community. Despite our resistance to changing the name, we did file the nonprofit, the official business under a new name called We, we Run Long. And we can already see how excited folks are about that. We haven't said that we are officially changing from dirt bags run to we run long, but it is officially in place. And what I also love about it is that came from Kelsey and her last name is long. So I think it's really beautiful. It I it's the first time I've felt just as excited about dirt bags run. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's synchronistic. Again. Synchronistic. Yeah. The, well the name um are our team name, we had official dirt bags run and then sort of like a, a tagline because dirt bag runners has a tagline, um, uh, run, run free, get dirty. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do something similar and, uh, we run long was actually first in Navajo, um, my native language, uh, Nizago Nadija. So, uh, we use the English version when we, uh, when we're really like, you know, talking to other people and, and talking about it because, you know, Navajo's not widely known. Layers upon layers of like, like if you're looking to know what path to take, these are the signs that are like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to, 
to pivot and change. All right, I have four more questions for you all. Uh, first question is, what message would you have to new runners or runners that are new to trail running, ultra running? I would say, uh, oh, sorry, you got, <laughs> okay. I would say find your community. It might take, you know, like you said earlier, it might take a few tries, but they are out there. We're out here. You're welcome here. And make sure that you do feel safe. Make sure you are physically, emotionally, and mentally safe, but don't give up. It's really, it's honestly like finding a, your right therapist, right? Your, your people are out there and they're waiting for you. So that's, that's what I would say for me would be the most important. Yeah. And I would, I mean, there are many dangers that you can find online, but there's also some really great people you can find out there too. Um, Rebecca and I became friends, internet friends before we became friends in real life. Um, and, you know, we connected with our, our team that way too, because we were spread out all over the country. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the initiatives we had when we first started the team was monthly calls so that before we got to our race in November, we knew each other. We had a relationship with each other um, so that when we came together, it wasn't 20 strangers coming together. It was 20 friends just meeting and, and you know, actually being able to hug each other. So, um, I mean... Being able, I would say, you know, if if you have social media, if you are comfortable with that, to see if there are use that to see if there are local groups to that you can connect with, um, because it it really worked for us. What message would you have specifically for BIPOC runners? Come join us. <laughs> Find us at Dirtbags Run on Instagram. Um, but no, truly, I mean, there is so much, you know, running is actually very expensive. And there are incredible groups out there who provide beginner meetups, who provide shoe demos. So I think it just goes back to find your people. If it's not us, we're here to help you find those people. And, you know, like another great example, Wasatch Trails Collective, shout out to them. They are in Salt Lake City, as you can imagine, very, very white city. And they are a BIPOC group. They speak Spanish and they do such a good job at their local meetups. They provide shoes for folks, race entries. So there, there is a group you know, maybe it's not as close to your area, but they are out there and, and we love to help connect people to those groups too. Same. <laughs> You're like, it's the same. Okay. What do you all have coming up that we can support or celebrate you in? Uh, well, uh, today is, um, today is September 14 and I am, um, on the 23rd, I'm going to be running my first triathlon. So yay. Um, and then we have our team event in November. Yes. And so I mentioned we have two sponsors, Arteryx and Tailwind. They are wonderful and they do give us funds every year and we still have to do fundraising because like Kelsey mentioned, what we provide for our community is fully comped race entry bibs, hotel and food and travel within race weekend. As you can imagine, that's a lot of money, especially this year we are races in Washington and I know it's going to be wonderful. And I'm also like, we are never doing a race in the PNW again. This is so expensive. <laughs> um, but 
you know, and we're going to expand next year. We're actually next year is going to look very, very different because now that we are a nonprofit and we have these folks funding us, we want to empower local leaders and meetups and races. And there's not a whole lot yet we have to share on that end because we're just starting to build it out. But every, all the funding we received, Kelsey and I, we don't get paid to do this. And we put a lot, a lot of time into it. And all the money goes toward the community. So we will set, we will bring back our GoFundMe in the next couple of weeks here and keep a lookout for it, Dirtbags Run. And all of that money goes toward the community and providing opportunities like this. All right. Final question is just remind us, you've said it a few times, but remind us, where can we follow you? and get more information about each of you and Dirtbags Run. Whoever wants to go. Okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram at long comma Kelsey. And uh, the team is at Dirtbags Run. And I am at Grounding Climbs. And you can also obviously find me with the team. <laughs> and I also should shout out, I also am an ambassador for Run for All Women. Definitely check them out. Kelsey mentioned that she is a Rising Hearts advocate. Definitely check out at Rising Hearts on Instagram too. All right. Well, thank you. I've wanted to talk about so so many other things but I I'm glad we talked about the things that we did because you you two are doing such incredible work and as always I just feel so grateful that I get to talk to people who saw a need for change and then did something about it because oftentimes we can see that something needs to change but we'll be like oh someone else will do it someone else will worry about it so I, I just want to applaud you both and just applaud you both for doing what you're doing, because I can only imagine how challenging it can be when you're navigating your own lives and then you're taking on 20 teammates or however many teammates plus the sponsors. There's a lot on both of your plates. So thank you for doing it. The future thanks you. And then the past, I think, can breathe a sigh of relief because both of you exist and you're doing this. So I just want to thank you both for that. Do we have any final words before we log off? Thank you so much for having us. It, it means a lot. This team, Kelsey, are the best things to ever happen in my life. So sometimes, most times, it still feels strange for me to speak about it because I feel like they should that they deserve all the spotlight but thank you for reaching out to Kelsey and just supporting us yeah <clears throat> excuse me thank you thank you so much uh this has been such a great uh talk and you know Rebecca and I are constantly talking we do the uh friends podcast where we send long voice notes to each other all the time so you know I do hear her voice quite often but we don't we we aren't um we don't do podcasts together this I think the second time <laughs> so I it was so refreshing to hear her talk about our team and I it, it was just I loved I love this thank you for for letting us do this yeah but I don't I don't deserve thanks. I will take it because it's, I get to sit here and have these conversations because what the two of you are creating. And my goal with the podcast, for those of you who have been listening, and if you haven't gotten it yet, it really is to uplift the voices of women within the running community. And this season is about highlighting those voices that are working to create change or working to redefine what it means to be a woman within the running space, what 
to redefine what it means to show up at these races, to show up at events and see yourself seen, right? Like that's, that's something that's so incredibly important. And again, I'm here because you all exist. And then I get the privilege of being like, Hey, can I talk to you? Yes. Cool. Let's get this done. So it's really the gratitude is, is all for the two of you. Um, but thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. I feel so incredibly grateful to share the running space with women like Kelsey and Rebecca. If we want the running community to be better, feel better, and be more inclusive, it starts with those of us already within the running community. Thank you, Kelsey and Rebecca, for all that you are doing to invite BIPOC people into running. I invite all you listeners to check out the fundraiser that's happening September 29th through October 9th that will support the Dirtbags Run team. For more on Kelsey, give her a follow on Instagram at long, Kelsey. For more on Rebecca, give her a follow on Instagram at Grounding Climbs. For more on Dirtbags Run, give the team a follow on Instagram at Dirtbags Run or check out their website at groundingclimbs.com slash dirtbags dash run dot html you can reach out to me on instagram at the cookie runner or through my website at the cookie with any comments and reflections you can also support this podcast with a rating review or a share until next time run happy run strong and run true to you <laughs>